Welcome everyone to All About Windows Phone Insight Podcast 253, recording this on 6th of June 2018. I am Steve Litchfield. With me, not Rafe Blandford, who is a bit busy this week. I think it was the iOS Apple Developer Conference week, so he's uh, being that's uh, a core thing he does with the company he works for developing iOS and Android applications. I imagine he's quite busy right now. So I decided to call on a good friend of the show, Steve Heinrich. Hi, Steve. Hey there. Thanks for having me again. Yes, no worries. You've got plenty of opinions on on Windows and devices and so forth. Uh, Let's start with something, an editorial I put up a couple of days ago, which I thought you might have some input, um, called Windows 10 Mobile and the, quote, death of a thousand cuts. And what what sparked this (laughs) is that I noticed, I don't know whether you've noticed, in photos on any of your Windows 10 devices, uh, have you noticed that a lot of the thumbnails aren't actually there anymore? They kind of flash and twinkle as if they're trying to get thumbnails from the OneDrive and they kind of fail and after about 10 seconds they just error out with a big eye for information. Does that ring a bell with you? Yeah, after I saw you posted this article I actually jumped in my uh, Lumia 950 to check out to see if I was having the issue because I hadn't turned it on in a while so uh, I did and that I did have the issue where it was just all eye icons on my on my backed up photos. I hit the refresh button and they started to come back so I'm not sure <laughs> exactly uh what the deal is with that it seems a bit intermittent but either way it shouldn't it shouldn't do <laughs> what it was doing for me or for you so yeah as far as i can see the hitting the refresh gets some of the thumbnails but it doesn't get all of them and what should happen is as you swipe through your thumbnails new uh file entries are requested from the server according to what's actually shown on your screen and it's those eventually which start to time out and my gut feel is that they've tweaked settings on the OneDrive server and they've optimized them for some new device some maybe for desktop whatever um, and they've kind of forgotten to test it with the ye olde Windows 10 mobile which is why I say it's kind of death of a thousand cuts it's just things like this will just kind of stop working and start to start annoying without nothing nothing will just drop dead it'll just things will just start breaking more and more does this sound about right yeah, I think uh, the death of a thousand cuts is is probably the perfect title for Windows <laughs> Phone right now. Um, just because it it is it's it, it all those core things you say are pretty much working for the most part. But honestly, to me, this is kind of a a core thing for Windows Phone as far as uh, OneDrive backing everything up and stuff. So yeah, definitely not good to see and just an, you know another cut on top of all the other cuts we've had so far. So. Yeah, I guess the good news is that OneDrive is actually backing the photos up. You just can't see them on the phone yeah. if you're on a different yeah. phone that's signed into the same account. So all rather unsatisfactory. I have had a few data points where people have had the same error on a Surface Pro, for example. So it's not just mobile. It's clear that there are some some, some tweaking needed on OneDrive. So maybe this will get fixed. I have reported it in feedback and people have upvoted that. If you're listening to this, go and find my uh, feedback hub entry for this and try and raise it to Microsoft's attention. But uh, the files are actually there. Just going down my article, Steve, there's quite a few things that do work and quite a few things that don't work optimally. Um, maps, for example. I mean, I know in the USA you tend to have up-to-date maps, but in the UK... Uh, the maps are licensed from here and, and the here themselves have all the up-to-date UK maps right up to May 2018. But the versions that Microsoft are working from in the UK and Europe are from tw- late 2016, which is a bit unsatisfactory when you know that new roads have been built in your area. We were promised 
up-to-date maps this quote summer so I, I guess we're not through the summer yet but it does seem like everything's just getting let, uh, delayed and under-resourced and I, I i think at this stage i'll just be cheering if the map, new maps appear at all yeah absolutely the, i i noticed the maps uh up you know the updates over here have been pr pretty decent i guess but uh like you said we're not through the summer so hopefully <laughs> fingers crossed that that they won't just you know drop and, and not do that but yeah, let's let's just hope that they do. Yeah, the uh, we, the Microsoft Store. I mean, I don't, is, does this sound familiar? You you ask for something, and it 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 thinks about it. The dots spit spit across the screen, and then it says you know failed to install. And then you have to try again. Then you try again. Then it acquires the license that prepares the download. It doesn't. And when it does work, the downloads are actually much slower, and the installing is much slower than on, for example, Android phones. Is it just me being fussy, or is the store a bit temperamental as well? Oh, I definitely have noticed that, uh, especially, you know, they've been updating the store over time and it's gotten, you know, the visual updates and everything. But I feel like the the downloading, like you said, has been very just it, it seems like it should be a simple process, but it seems like there's way too much going on when you put punch and download, you know, you you tap that button and and, and sometimes it doesn't work. I, I've noticed a lot lately that it just doesn't work sometimes and, you know, until I come back later for some reason. So. Yeah, yeah. This whole acquiring licensing, I get they've got to have some kind of control over which account is downloaded, which file. But sometimes when you want, say, a three megabyte tiny little utility and it takes a minute to acquire license and sort everything out and download, it just seems like it's lagging behind the competition. But anyway. Right. And I'm not sure why they even need to tell anybody that on the front end. So yeah, it's yeah, just kind yeah. of odd. I think they're just uh, messages to, to, to hide the fact that it's taking a long time at their end. They want to make, sure, yeah. make you give the impression they're doing something useful. But, yeah, uh, Microsoft Teams, I mean, we know that's being removed from the store next month and will stop working in October 2018, which is a real shame for a Microsoft first-party thing, but I, I guess they're optimizing it now for Redstone 3, Redstone 4, Redstone 5, and new version of the desktop. Um, you, did you ever use Teams? No, I've never really been involved in any sort of uh, project management stuff like that, so I'm not too familiar with it. Yeah, I guess by the time that, um, well, by the time it stops working, we might actually know more about an Andromeda or a Surface Mobile or whatever we happen to come across, come come to next from Microsoft, some kind of enterprise device. But uh, we've said before, haven't we, Steve? If Surface Mobile or whatever does turn up. I think it's going to be a thousand pounds plus, well over a thousand dollars, and it'll certainly be a niche market. It won't be a mainstream product. Yeah, for sure. Especially you know the these days that that price point is <laughs> attainable if they want to go for it. So yeah, yeah. Um, Outlook uh, email still works for me. Um, PIM still works. OneNote, uh, Skype. Well, if Skype, Skype. We're talking over Skype right now, recording this podcast. Skype for me has actually been reasonably reliable when someone calls me. Um, I do get the ringing notifications on my various Lumias. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I've noticed Skype has, it's been, you know, pretty, pretty reliable. I mean, with a few quirks here and there, but uh, yeah, Skype's still working. Yeah, I have disassociated it from my text messaging, though. I think I've had a few issues with it handling text as well. So I normally say no when offered that. <laughs> uh, Groove yeah, I... yeah, yeah, Groove Music. The um, Of course, it used to be Xbox Music, but Groove Music for Windows 10 Mobile. Um, Microsoft has announced that it's shuttering uh, not only the, uh, the the first party music subscription service that was the end of last year, but it's now say that the the Groove Music Player ad for iOS and Android is now being removed from the store. So I guess what we'll be left with actually just is that the native 
music player on Windows 10 Mobile. I mean, every platform has a music player. On Windows, it's normally a media player or whatever. Um, this Groove Music will be the native player. It will play your stuff on the phone. It will play your stuff on OneDrive. And that's it. But I guess I could argue that's actually all it needs to do. Yeah, I mean, that's all I would use it for anyway uh, these days. So. Yeah, I must uh, delve further into Spotify and other streaming music services. Though I know there's Spotycast, which kind of cheats and checks your Spotify playlists and then grabs the music from YouTube, which is a bit of a workaround, <laughs> but uh, not necessarily ideal. But uh, I must, must investigate that more. Uh, Cortana, Office 365, I think they all work pretty well. Microsoft To Do is still being um, updated. I don't know whether you saw there was an update this week. Uh, where you can share your uh, to-do list with others and they can collaborate in real time and add stuff and, and check things off. I thought that was a really nice update and sort of a, for small party, you know, one, two, three, four people uh, project management, Microsoft to-do is actually quite a good system. Yeah, uh, it's one of the few apps that I've actually used, uh, Microsoft apps that I use cross-platform. So I use it on Android and, every, and Windows Phone and uh, it, I honestly, for me, it works really well. And the, the fact that they keep updating it is nice to see too. So, uh, it's a super well-designed app and, and it just, it looks in work for what it is. It works really well. So, yeah. And the bottom two rows in my article, we'll put all the links in the show notes. Um, I kind of put them in, not tongue in cheek, but kind of in desperation really, because, uh, the world is moving on. Uh, mobile payments. I know in the USA you kind of had a trial of Microsoft Wallet with some USA banks, but uh, it never rolled out worldwide. And when you think that these days you can pay for things with your iPhone or your Android phone more or less across the board, and there's just nothing like that for Windows 10 Mobile. So it kind of makes you think that that's one area where Microsoft really missed the boat. Yeah, I've never really gotten onto the mobile payment uh, bandwagon yet, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's a shame that, that there's not an option on Windows 10 Mobile for that. But uh, I mean, I don't see why they would invest in it anymore. So, yeah, well, if you will live in the backward USA, where the <laughs> <laughs> now in Europe, in Europe, almost everything's been contactless payments now for at least three or four years, uh, and it's just so easy to pay with your phone. And I think so many people do it. So anyway, yeah. Um, IoT control was the last row. Um, I, Internet of Things. I mean, there are a couple of Windows uh, 10 UWP apps that control specific accessor internet connected accessories around your house, either by Wi-Fi or by some online service. But that really is um, clutching its straws. There are so many Internet of Things applications and systems available for iOS and Android. And again, I think it's not necessarily Microsoft's fault here. Windows 10 Mobile was kind of finalized. And it's, it's architecture sorted out and it's API sorted out. Um, and then the Internet of Things kind of rose up over the last two years. And it's, it's just newer than the OS. Yeah, uh, I haven't really had a bunch of Internet of Things, you know, like any, any sort of home automation stuff. But uh, it's, it, you know, it's unfortunate. There, I, Like you said, there was a few third party apps that kind of took care of this stuff and even used Cortana to, you know, integrate with it and stuff. But uh, again, it's it's all. <laughs> I mean, with Windows 10 Mobile kind of on the way out, it's uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that it never really got uh, included in there. But who knows? You know, maybe in Windows 10 on desktop or whatever, it'll be they'll develop it more there. So yeah, uh, and people will know if they listen to your own Pixel Swim podcast, which we'll try and link to in the show notes as well. That you've um, you do run multiple phones. You've got a Lumia 950. You did admit you hadn't turned it on for a while, which is a bit disappointing. But uh, <laughs> but there oh, you we... know that's not that's that's a lie. I did use it to uh, take some photos yesterday. So 
There we are. There we are. Anyway, you also got, I think, is it a Moto G at the moment or is it an LG? What have you got as your main phone? Uh, my main phone, I'm actually, <laughs> I'll be talking more about this on my podcast this week, but <laughs> um, it's back in my old Moto G third gen right now. But I'm actually at a point where I have more Windows devices, Windows phone devices than I do Android devices right now at the moment. So I, I have the Idol 4S uh, or the 4 Pro and then the Lumia 950 and then uh, I talked uh, talked in, not in the recent past about getting a Lumia 920 to have on hand. So uh, I have those three devices that I you know turn on and play with uh, here and there. So yeah, well, I've got a fourth one here. I've say I, I did mention this off air, but I've got a Lumia 1020 that's locked to AT and T. Is that any use to you? Does they have you got an AT and T SIM? Uh, technically, I'm on T-Mobile's network, but it, ah. it, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think my SIM would work in it, but. Uh, there's potential to get, you know, a network unlock code. I think I've come across those in the past. So uh, there's, you know, there's potential there because my Lumia 950 is actually AT&T. So, but it's unlocked and I can use it. So Okay, well, we'll talk about that off air. But in principle, you could have a, an American frequency Lumia 1020 winging its way across the Atlantic too. <laughs> yeah, that would be wonderful. <laughs> I think you might have fun playing with it anyway. Um, there's yeah. an, another feature I wrote with a bit of kind of tongue-in-cheek really, it was entitled Surface Mobile, Why Wait When You Can Think Laterally? And I thought, well, if you think about what we've been eyeing up and looking at design sketches for and you know maybe even prototypes for, it's been a kind of a large phablet device that unfolds to become a Windows 10 on ARM sort of full tablet PC with a, an emulation layer for Windows 32 applications, all of that stuff, all in the one device. So it's your phone, it's your phablet, it's your tablet, it's your PC, whatever. It's all one device. And yes, it'll be expensive. And yes, it hasn't even been announced yet. But but if if you're happy to go with two pieces of electronics, which after all does give you more redundancy, you could just take a, your standard Surface or Surface Pro. And this place that you can get those for the cheapest chips now. My my Surface Pro is first gen and it works really, really well still. So you've got a Surface Pro and you've got perhaps your Windows 10 mobile phone, like an Idle, for, in your case, Idle 4S, or you've got a Lumia or you've got an Android phone, even an iPhone, and you could use that with the Surface. You'd have the, the telephony. You'd have the small device to carry around in your pocket. You'd have this bigger tablet that you might keep in a briefcase or a hold-all. And you'd basically have the same functionality, but in two bits of electronics. And it's much, much cheaper and available now. Yeah, I thought it was a, a good idea to kind of, you know, take a look at it from that perspective. Um, I, <laughs> I'm just waiting for the article where you've where you've taped your Windows phone to the back <laughs> of your Surface Mobile. and uh, But yeah, it, it's definitely usable, especially considering we, you know, we're we just in a constant waiting period for something that does all of those things. So uh, an interesting idea for sure. Yeah, what I wanted to highlight as well is the fact that these Surface Pro PCs, if you, if you unclip the keyboard, which most of us use as a sort of cover for the screen as well, but if, once you've unclipped, clip that it's actually and you switch it the pc to tablet mode then windows 10 in tablet mode apart from the awful file manager um windows 32 app apart from that the interface is actually very very usable and using windows with a touch interface um, and just literally holding it in one hand in many cases flicking through office documents and emails and replying uh, to quickly or, or snapping on the keyboard for a longer reply. There's an awful lot you can do with these um, Surface hybrids with or without the keyboard. And I, was, I think I guess I'm coming to it late in the day, Steve, because I'm sure you must have been playing with these Surface devices two or three years ago. 
Uh, I actually haven't had hands-on with, with any of the Surface devices. I usually what? have a stay. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And I've had, uh, I you know, I generally just have a Windows laptop, and uh, it, it's something that I've looked at recently because of how powerful they are now. And so it's, you know, it's something that I can use as a, a laptop, re you know, replacement. I know they are a laptop form, you know, with the snap-on keyboard and stuff, but uh, yeah. But as a designer, though, I mean, you are a sort of web designer by trade. Would, would a touchscreen interface onto a PC not be a really good thing to try out? Uh, I did have a laptop that had touchscreen capability, uh, and it, honestly, I never, I, I don't use it. And my hands are on the keyboard and the mouse, you know, 90% of the time, just because it's far more accurate for, you know, text editing and all that, so... Okay, all right. Well, I'll abandon that. But that your your new homework is next time you're passing a, <laughs> passing a Best Buy or similar, pop in and have a play with the some of the Surface oh, yeah, hardware. Oh, I, I definitely have. Yeah, I've I've gone into Best Buy and and had hands on with everything, which is part of why I've you know looked recently at at potentially you know my next yeah. upgrade will be that okay. direction. So. All right, and for UK uh, listeners, Best Buy is the equivalent of Curry's, which is our our sort of electronics. Uh, uh, retailer. Um, now, uh, a couple of small bits pieces. Twitter, the uh, you may recall, um, they re they replaced their UWP uh, Windows 10 app with a PWA, a, sorry PWA, a progressive web app, nicely packaged in the store, and it works really, really well. It's basically running the Edge engine, but with no URL bar, and it runs full screen, uh, and it also has a dark mode now. So that's also well worth turning on. The only catch, Steve, I'm not sure what, how big a deal this to you is to you but um, because it's a PWA running under Windows 10 mobile not under a more recent version of Windows 10 there are no notifications so if you're what somebody who likes to be notified when someone mentions you or you get a, a DM and we're not relying on you physically going and looking for it then there's no notifications and is that a big deal to you no honestly I've been trying to limit the amount of notifications that I that I get these days uh, and and it doesn't bother me really too much and I know I know we've talked about it in the past about the the SMS not working over in Europe anymore but uh, I still have that option over here in the US to turn that on if I want but I really the only notifications that I really want are if there is a DM you know and and I noticed that Twitter emails me. It's not immediately. I notice it's a little bit after the fact, but I do get an email notification uh, for DM specifically. So uh, not a huge deal. Uh, I, I really don't. Because of the amount of data and, and posting on Twitter, I'm not too concerned about uh, having <laughs> a million notifications. So Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. I don't think there is a way to get notifications through from a PWA under Windows 10 Mobile. I think the Edge engine is just, and the the lack of functioning service workers and background tasks, there just isn't enough to hook into. So I think we're out of luck there. I mean, per, I, as a Twitter addict, Steve, you know I'm on Twitter every <laughs> 10 minutes through the day. So I basically see any DMs pop up if I'm in the application. They're just there on the screen. But it, it would have been nice to have notifications anyway. Um, also, another. this is a UWP app that's of note. I wanted to just highlight Frida. Um, now, are you an ebook fan? Uh, I am not. Um, not that I'm not a fan. I just haven't gotten into them. We have a <laughs> we're paper book household still. So uh, but this app looks really nice. So, yeah, yeah, really well polished. And I, I, I guess I haven't got that much time for reading ebooks. There are only so many hours in the day, but. Um, back in the day, sort of nineteen, late nineteen nineties, early two thousands, 
uh, I was a huge fan and uh, there was an abundance of ebook formats and I was kind of expert at archiving loads of them so I've actually got an, an awful lot on a on a a folder a backup somewhere and this will read all of those public domain formats um it one thing it won't do is read the sort of drm'd um quote epub books that so for example if you want the electronic version of something that was written last year steve then you can't go in and you know grab the drm encrypted version and then read that this is specifically for stuff which has been released to be uh encryption free or which is which is out of copyright so sort of classic texts but um, no, I think it's. I guess if either of us had enough hours free in the week, then we we could get into this. But maybe not in today's busy world. Yeah. Uh, I, does Edge on Windows 10 Mobile support the the e ebooks still? Or yeah, uh, yeah. I just what what is it like compared to that? I guess is the question I have. Yeah, I believe that Edge does support ebooks, but I don't believe it is that it supports going through to an ebook store. So you kind of have to source them yourself. Oh, okay. So you might as well just use this Frida app, which is really, really polished and has a thousand times more functions than Edge. And let's keep let's keep Edge for web browsing, eh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's got, I agree. It's got enough to do. Um, the Microsoft Store we mentioned earlier on Windows 10 Mobile is now um, adding non-phone apps. I guess it has been for a while. I, I started noticing, Steve, that the banners, the animated banners at the top of the store sections were showing games in particular, stuff for Xbox, stuff for the desktop, and, and you tap on them and it's not available for your device. At which point I think, why don't why do they even show it on the phone? And they've now started showing um, applications and game listings in the main search results. So all through the store now on the phone, they're showing you lots of things you can't actually get. And I'm in two minds here. Is it simplifying the store's architecture so that it works more reliably for all of us? Or is it simply that they just don't care anymore? And they think, well, if Windows 10 mobile people see these items, we just don't care that they get confused. But it does seem a bit disingenuous. Yeah, I think it's the latter uh, that they don't <laughs> they don't care anymore if these are showing up. Because I noticed this first on the live tile on the home screen when iTunes showed up. And I was, I was very <laughs> confused at first. And um I, I you know obviously it's what you're talking about here so i think that they just perhaps are simplifying things but they uh they also just they're not too you know hot and bothered by the fact that uh windows 10 mobile's users will be seeing these i think they're kind of looking at the future more and not really worrying about hiding these from people who can't get them right now so yeah at the same time at the same time we should give some credit to microsoft that far from completely forgetting about the core os there they are still giving uh, uwp app updates to things like you know maps and onedrive and so forth let's hope there's an update to photos to fix the aforementioned problem um, but you know outlook mail and calendar gets a weekly update the office apps get updates most most weeks most fortnights um the core os itself is due to get yet another monthly security update um in next tuesday as I, as we record this so there is still activity there are still obligations and they are fulfilling those it's just going right back full circle it's the death of a thousand cuts where i'm i'm standing up and shouting about all these things that don't quite work and microsoft probably doesn't care it knows they don't quite work properly but it knows that in a year's time most of it will have fall on foul most of it will have failed but by then so few people will care that it doesn't need to worry about being sued yeah i, th I think you're absolutely right with everything you just said so 
Well, there we are. That's a depressing way <laughs> to, <laughs> to finish things. Uh, so, what do you think the future is for you, Steve? I mean, I know you 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 love to champion the mid-price smartphones. The goodness knows there are less, uh, so many of them running running Android. Uh, is Windows 10 Mobile just a plaything for you? Do you actually, apart from taking photos, do you get any serious use from that, or is it all Android for you? Uh, it's it's still it's leaning more Android these days. Uh, I still would love to put my you know I still do put my SIM back in and Windows my one of my Windows devices uh, every once in a while and use it for a week or two. Uh, but it's becoming less and less frequent that I'm doing that. I think it's just you know it's harder to to kind of see around everything that's going on, all of these cuts <laughs> that they've been giving us. So. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm probably just leaning more heavily towards Android and then just having these devices on hand for their, you know, just <laughs> sadly for their uniqueness in, in, in the smartphone world that we're in right now. So Yeah, the biggest thing for me that actually forced me onto Android as a primary platform and, and Windows to mobile as a secondary, the biggest thing for me was biometrics. Now, I know the Idle 4S you've got mm. there has got the fingerprint sensor on the back. It's not a very good fingerprint sensor. I'm sure you'll agree. It's slow and clunky, but it works. Yeah, very much. Yeah, but very much. Yeah. There are very few things seem to tie into it. I've got a couple of um, password managers which tie into it and accept a fingerprint just to get, let you get into your password store. But without any means of authenticating with an, a, a bank application, for example, um, anything financial then you really are stuck on my Samsung Android phone. I've got uh, three or four different bank banking applications for various accounts the family have, and I can get into any of them with one press of a fingerprint on the Windows 10 Mobile and Edge. Even though the device may have a fingerprint sensor, as in the Alcatel Idle 4 Pro here, even though it's got a sensor, nothing uses it. So I've still got to enter my user ID, which sometimes gets remembered. I've got to enter my password again. I've got to enter my memorable information, whatever two-factor thing the bank has set up. And it can take something up to a minute to log in and sort out something, some urgent financial transaction, whereas on the Android phone, one tap and I'm in and I'm sorting out money within 10 seconds. And it's, it's that kind of convinced. Uh, convenience that really is kind of made even made me so the super super windows phone enthusiast even i have kind of started to turn away for that reason yeah absolutely like you say it's the convenience and and the quickness of doing things it's you know for a little while it can be fun to to work around everything on windows phone you know but uh, when, at the end of the day when you're out and about you kind of just want something that's going to work and then work how it it should logically so that's kind of you know i mean windows phone just can't offer that as much as android does these days yeah but just going back very briefly before we finish to that concept of a service mobile because i like to muse on this it's fun isn't it <laughs> um yep. if you if you if i could imagine handing you steve something like the lumia 950xl form factor a tiny bit thicker um with both both when it's closed both sides are leather or metal and then you open it up uh, and in there, inside there, is our two screens, and then you fold, you fold it right back, so that one back on the other, so it forms a phablet form factor, or you can use it as a tablet, and it would run full Windows 10. You may not be able to get Windows 32 applications, but all the UWP apps will work, all the PWAs, with the bang up to date, um, you know, biometrics interfaces and service workers and background agents, so even PWAs will appear to be native. So in theory, as a Windows fan yourself, you could have your entire Windows environment, in theory, all tied into this one device that was that fits in your pocket and could be your phone, 
hook on a Bluetooth keyboard and you would then have kind of a, a mini laptop and would do 99% of the things your current laptop does. Is that not an enticing proposition? If I threw away the financial aspect and said you can have it for free, you'd probably go for that. Absolutely. Uh, then that's been the dream that we've been waiting for. So <laughs> I just, yeah. it's, yeah, absolutely. I think that would be, that's, and Microsoft really, they, I feel like they they were in the best position to do that. And I hope that they still are considering something along those lines. So yeah, uh, definitely on board with that idea. Yeah, we've seen so many of these um, patent applications and design sketches. There's, some, there's no smoke without fire, they say. There is something brewing at Microsoft. Uh, like the Courier, which was, what, three or four years ago, maybe this won't see the light of day. Maybe it'll get canned by Satya Nadella because it doesn't fit in with his core cloud ambitions, whatever. Um, I do really, really do hope it, uh, it sees the light of day, not because I want to use it, not, not just because I want to use it, not just because I want to write about it, um, because it would give life to all the people who are enthusiastic about the platform and want to carry on in some shape or, shape or form. It just seems too good an opportunity not to exist. Yeah, it seems the logic behind it seems pretty solid, <laughs> and I'm, yeah, you know, yeah. so it's it's one of those. I hope I hope that they can make that happen. Yeah, they have to aim it at quote professionals. I mean, that's that is the key, really. That there's there's no way this will be sold in phone shops. This will be sold on the Microsoft website and via um, dealerships, online dealerships, and people who sell into businesses and enterprise. Um, and I, I think they, I think they could sell a few million of this at these, even at a thousand bucks or thousand pounds over here each. I think they could do quite well. It would be entirely outside the mainstream iPhone and Android ecosystem. It would be something that people in the know could get more done with less pieces of electronics, and and that is the convergence thing that we, as you say, we've all been building to for the last fifteen years. It just it would be a crying shame if it didn't exist at the end of all that. Yeah, I think, like you said, the professional market is definitely where this would fit in perfectly. With the the more mobile people are these days, uh, the the better off they would be with a device like this. So, yeah, yeah. Even now on the train, when I, I I get out my smartphone, I position it in landscape mode, and I get out my Bluetooth keyboard, and I press a button, and the two connect, and I start typing, and people look at me and think, "What the heck is that nerd doing over there?" <laughs> What what a, what a stupid geek or whatever they they might ridicule me, but ultimately I'm being inc I'm actually answering email and writing an article and earning money while they're just sitting there listening to music or, you know, reading the free newspaper. So the, I I think as a quote professional myself and you're a professional that there, there is a market. Absolutely. Uh, the more like because of how mobile it would be, it would be super useful uh, anywhere at any time to use it. So. Did you see my review of that iClever keyboard in the week, by the way? I haven't got it in the show notes, Steve, but if you go onto the uh, onto AWP main, main page, and I'll let you just scroll down the left column, there's the review of the iClever Trifold Wireless Keyboard with Backlight, which is a very long, okay. long-winded um, title. But if you look at the photos of that un unclipped, it's a really, really usable accessory. And I know, again, this is incredibly niche. People think Bluetooth keyboards, that really is geek territory, and they're right. But hey, to be able to pull that out of your pocket and then have a full travel, full-size keyboard, I think that's something special. Yeah, it's a, it looks like a really interesting keyboard. Is there three folds or two folding points, it looks there, like, on there? Yeah, there are two folding points, uh, uh, one quarter along and three quarters along. 
and then mm-hmm. at the extreme on the extremities there are little kind of uh, extra stabilizing legs which unfold but with everything unfolded and stabilized it's very very solid on a desk now you still you're still kind of stuck if you're doing it on your lap on a train but as long as you've got a you know a lap tray of some kind on wherever you're traveling um, this is a re- really good solution and again pair it with something like a, an unfolding surface mobile surface style a bit of hardware with a touch interface and you you kind of got the best of best of all worlds really so uh, there we are i i I know this is veering into speculative territory steve these are things i want to see and i i for one will be crying at christmas time if i don't get them (laughs) well this is all we can do right now anyway so uh yeah for sure it's uh it's nice to think about it because otherwise the alternative is we have no devices to get our hands on so yeah anyway there were we were enough nattering on we hope to have mr rafe blanford back in a week or two's time in the meantime just plug yourself at the end of this podcast where can people find you uh you can find me online at pixelswim.com and that will take you to my podcast and all my social links if you want to get in contact or anything like that so yeah okay well have a good week a good month steve and remember you've got that homework should be passing best by reacquaint yourself with the surface line there are <laughs> i'm in sur- the car right now on the way there <laughs> oh while you're there pick up a couple of surface hub twos at three thousand dollars each all right I'll, I'll send one over to you <laughs> bye steve <laughs> all right bye thanks